I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. We're on Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. You use Hip Hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, while well, highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And this is your yearly reminder that Rick Ross is a misogynist piece of shit. Welcome to Diggity Diggity. Charlie, well, this is so surprising to me. We haven't, we've never talked about this before. What, what is this that you're talking about? Okay, well, firstly, since you're doing that act, uh, we've had some technical issues on Ben's side, and we've saw now for the past 10 minutes. Come on, man. When so, you have technical uh, have issues, recorded. I never bring it we, up. We, Charlie said, hello. We, hey, guys, I'm Charlie. I was like, no, what are you um, yeah, ben, had the, ben had the deep voice. If you guys remember that one episode where I had deep voice. That was uh, hilarious. For, the th- for the last third of the fucking episode, uh, Ben had it uh, during the... We recorded about four minutes and then it, it didn't look good, so uh, we restarted. So, yes, we had some technical issues and Ben had the deep voice going deep voice. on. And that, was fun, and that was fun for me for a, for, for a good two minutes. Um, but uh, it, we are we are here and we are, we are good. But yes, Ben, Rick Ross is a piece of shit and I'll tell you why. <laughs> So, I don't know if you guys saw it on uh, wherever you, you know, uh, in your social media circles, but um, Rick Ross did had like a, I don't know, some like audition thingy, I don't know if it's like a reality show or whatever, I didn't really look that deep into it, I just saw the video itself, but it was like him and the dream and I guess a few other people in that room, and like they were auditioning just women, like just singing, and there was like one girl that, you know, had decent vocals, but she wasn't fine enough for going to Rick Ross, so... Uh, like took someone else because she looked hotter according to him and yeah it's just um it, it and people up in arms about it and i was just like guys this is really not new i mean like the, the amount of the amount of misogynistic uh, uh uh quotes we've got not even not even bars right we can find those in a lot of ice work but actual quotes through like interviews and shit oh rick ross takes a fucking cake gold medal winner uh, so yeah, fuck Rick Ross. Um, yeah, garbage. You're not rocking with Rick Ross. Oh gosh. Right. Hi Ben, how's your week been? What have you listened to this week? Wow, Charlie, this week. <laughs> Let's move straight on. <laughs> this is gonna come as a surprise to you, but I listened to the new deluxe album by Young Dolph, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. So. It's called Rich Slave Deluxe. Uh, it came, his last album, Rich Slave, oh, well, this album came out in 2020. I probably spoke about it uh, because... Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I probably spoke about it because I love Young Dolph. I've, I don't know how I got onto him, but I definitely listened to King of Memphis back in the day, and I, I've liked everything that he's dropped since then. The production on this project is shuddering. Like, it moves the earth. Like, I was listening to it yesterday and just lying on my floor uh and the 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 bass man the bass was crazy and young Dolph never misses lyrically like he's front and center all the time he's always engaging he's 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 menacing at times he just sits in that pocket on the beat like every time he finds a pocket and sits in it and it's just smooth it's crazy thing is it's 71 minutes and it's 24 songs so it's long but I keep running it back. I've run it back three times now since it dropped, and it just doesn't drag or get dull. And I think it's a fire album. 
13, a magnificent day for an exorcism. Uh, this is incredible, mm. man. Pharaoh Monch over the top of actual rock instrumentals, you know, not loops. Got some some real musicians in there playing this. I think the drummer is Jack White's drummer. Uh, so, yeah, man, I don't know why. Yeah, boy, drummer's Dari Jones and the guitarist is Marcus Machado. Shout that out. It's, they're fire, man. Like, uh, to me, what this makes me think of is if Lenny Kravitz was rapping. I don't know why, but it's like, hey, if this was Lenny Kravitz rapping, that's what this would sound like. Uh, it's it's fire, man. I, I really needed something pretty gritty and grungy on Friday, and this really provided it. Still think that rock mm. is pretty much dead. Like, it sounds like an <laughs> 80s jam band, but that doesn't matter, man. It's, it's really enjoyable anyway, uh, either despite that or maybe because of that. I don't know. Maybe it's just sounds a little bit different because we haven't heard that in a while. So, yeah, uh, Little Skies, Unbothered. I, I think that Little Skies makes pretty underrated music, and I think this album is pretty much on par with what I expected from him. I think the issue is that this subgenre is really overpopulated at the moment, so you have to drop something without a single skip to stand out these days. And that's not even just to release a great album, just to release an album that people are going to go back to you know, consistently. I think there can't be any skips, and this does have a couple of skips like Dead Broke and Sky High, I definitely wouldn't re- put on again. I think he's really talented. I'm interested in seeing him dropping something a little bit more conceptual rather than just kind of floating along. And he kind of drops in and out of subject matter and it doesn't really have a theme. Uh, I guess you could call Heartbreak the theme. I quite enjoy when he gets in that bag. But, you know, it's a good project. And um, I don't know if it's an improvement on his last project, but I, know, I enjoyed it. It's, it's decent to put on in the background. And finally, Portis Huss by Huss Kingpin. So this is inspired by Portishead, this album. And if you don't know about Portishead, they're a really pivotal group in the trip-hop scene, which I found Wikipedia's explanation uh, very grandiose. They call it a fusion of hip-hop and electronica until neither is recognizable. And I think that's... <laughs> bro, That come on now. It's it's just like a more slowed-down, low-key hip-hop sound which incorporates a lot of dub and breakbeat. It's pretty simple. I don't think sure. it's... I don't think they're fusing it together until you cannot recognize either one, like some sort of... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's not that. But anyway, the, the term was actually first used to describe a DJ Shadow song. I think it was 1991. So Portishead have probably done more for the genre with their debut album, Dummy, than anyone else. Like, just that that album, I think it won the Mercury Prize. It just really propelled trip-hop into the mainstream collective consciousness. And it's a real deep musing on the desperation of life. And it's set to these really melancholic, electronic things, like concoctions, basically. So the production on this Hus Kingpin album is exactly what you'd expect from a Portishead-inspired album. I just never thought I'd be listening to Hus Kingpin over the top of it because he has that really gritty delivery that like Rock Marciano or Flea Lord has. And to me, it just sounds really odd over the top of instrumentals that belong in the early 90s. Like his delivery is really energetic. And to be honest, I'm used to lying in bed unable to move due to, I don't know, depression or some sort of mental ailment when I listen to Portishead. That's what I do. You know, you kind of just sit there, you let the vocals wash over you and they soothe you. But on this album, it actually kind of mimics the feeling of being depressed and anxious at the same time. So the anxiety is Hus Kingpin because he's so energetic. He's so vibrant. Like he's always, you know, he's always moving. It's always action. 
But the depression is a Portishead influence because the beats are very sleepy. They're very uh, low-key. And to be fair, I don't know if this album hits or misses for me. I think I need to listen to it a few more times. It's, it's very jarring. Like, they're two, I guess for me personally, this is just how I feel, they're two very important parts of my listening history. You know, listening to like early Portishead versus listening to artists like Hus Kingpin, like Flea Lord, like Rock Marciano. And then you put them together. It's like the two things that I... It's like Freddie Gibbs over the top of this stuff. It's like I never thought they would ever come together. And I need more time to work out what, how I feel about that. But I definitely think it's worth checking out because Hus Kingpin is amazing, man. He's very, very talented. And he finds a pocket on all these beats, which is really, really admirable because... These are really eclectic things to be rapping over. Um, so yeah, man, shout that album out. I, I thought that was really brave and uh, yeah, it was it was good to get a bit of texture and something different to listen to uh, during the week, especially in January when there's not much coming out. But yeah, that was me. What about yourself, Charlie? Uh, yeah, it's been a solid week actually. Very, very, very interesting week. Um, so I'll go into a couple of you know known ones, uh, a couple of a couple of anticipated ones, and a couple of. Uh, you know, just just random ones that you guys have probably never heard of, uh, as as I like to do. Uh, started off with that Code to the Friend lyrics to Go mm, Volume Two. Yeah, it's nice, bro. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's just it's just exactly well, not exactly the same, but it's, you know, same same pattern as you know Volume One. Uh, that was one of my EPs of the year last year. Thoroughly enjoyed that. It's just uh, it's just more of the same. Uh, a lot of great commentary on certain things uh, a lot of it's very you know personal talking about uh, himself in a more reflective way uh, but there's a couple of good tracks on here just to, uh, that talk about uh, one of them talks about gentrification uh, he had like one buy was like saying i had to uh, pay a million uh, for a for a, for an apartment and that was in bedsty and uh, he had, he had a one about his uh, Clinton Hill, I think it's Clinton Hill, if I remember correctly. Um, that's just like where where his ends kind of thing. Uh, that's, that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, there's just some it's just some great vibes, great listen, super effortless. Just one of my yeah one one of my favorites, of course. Uh, Code of French out. Uh, Kev Brown and Jay Cyanide uh, is spelled S C I E N I D E, so like cyanide but science at the same time. Uh, Stray from the pack. Come for the beats, and stay for the bars. Uh, these 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 beats are so nice, and uh, I've, I've I clocked that um, they basically both did you know a little bit a uh, little bit by themselves by themselves. So Sina did a couple of beats, kept rounded the other beats as well, um, and uh, yeah, man, the beats are so nice. They, just, uh, they have that perfect they have that perfect middle ground of just like uh, of knocking, but not like. But not if you had it on full volume, it would knock your ear off, kind of thing, and like be irritating. Uh, you know, when you play a song a few times and you just got you just you just wait for that. Uh, you have to you have to like turn it down or whatever, um, and you, or or just you know kind of takes you out of it when you've listened to it for like a, a long time. <clears throat> this 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 has nothing like that. It's this the the beats here are so like just well measured. I really love them and like the sampling and the background so nice. Great concept. Uh, the bars are cool, but the beats are just oh, top notch, top freaking notch. So shout out to Kevin Brown and Cyanide on that one. Um, Brian Bars Burns or Triple B and uh, Oddie Dodge uh, Dynamic Duo. This is some real good uh, modern boom bap. Uh, Brian Bars Burns has some real, <laughs> really fun, uh, 
uh, pop culture wordplay. I feel uh, that's how I'd like to describe it. Um, a lot of the bars are just, um, you know, if if you want to, if you if you're one of those people that enjoy, you know, the the classic like simile, uh, simile rap. I'm I'm this like this, da 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 like this. Um, there's a lot of that. Um, and you, you know you could you could class that as you know kind of elementary, but you know it's fun. It's it's fun to listen to. Um, I'm not I can't knock it. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of pop culture references. Um, guarantee you won't get all of them. Uh, but it's it's it's, it's just a it's just a fun listen, and uh, you know the, the, there are a couple of um he, he does he does triple B uh, does uh, go into some um uh more uh storytelling circles and talking about uh you know his like a bad moment in his life or whatever there's like there's a couple of tracks on there sprinkled in and i feel like those are the least um uh th- th- those are not not the worst tracks but like the le- my least favorable tracks not because of the content or anything like that content's great i feel like the beats on them uh very don't exactly help the help the vibe they don't create the uh, the uh, the 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 uh, they don't help paint the picture so to speak um so uh, yeah it, it depends it depends on what the what the uh, vibe is going for, uh, that they they're going for here but um most of the time it's it's relatively good so uh, shout out to shout out to the guys on that one that was good uh, eric the architect future proof um shout out to mickey who uh, did a little interview with him uh, dropped recently um and yeah I just thought I'd give it a listen since uh, I was hyping about it uh yes yeah, five tracks 17 uh, minutes so like real 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 chunky real chunky tracks full full blood uh full uh fully grown tracks so to speak um i like his um i i like it i like his wordplay i like his um i guess honesty coming through on his because uh, like, this is the first time i've listened to eric the architect properly mm. um i know he's worked with like uh flatbush zombies over the past few years so you know um, on the production side, but um, you know, there's some great features on here. Loyal Karner on here. Shout out to the boy, uh, Pit Millet on the last track. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> I feel like he has good, uh, a good ability to just you know construct, construct a track if that make if that makes sense. Uh, so, um, and and knows the pit and knows like the the people that should be on this and it, and, it, and it fits so uh you know shout out to that shout out to on that front that's a, it's a real solid DP worth a listen uh thirteen um make this missing day for narcissism um yeah this gets gave me like real you know profit of rage kind of vibes yeah. obviously that's uh you know Chuck D and Tom Morello in them um and yeah it's it's kind of, it's kind of the well not same thing but obviously it's a uh, you know a huge rock um influence on that and uh yeah the guitar solos on here slap like the the, d- the drum pans are nice and pheromon just goes off every time yeah. it can't miss with pheromon so yeah man it's a solid it's a real it's a real like like i said real grungy album real grungy album um lastly second generation woo uh hereditary okay this go. one this, this one requires this, this one requires a little bit of uh you know just uh explain okay. this <laughs> Yes, yeah, a little bit of explaining. Uh, firstly, but um, but I don't, I, I don't, I want to say that I don't want to, g- you know, get lost in the rabbit hole of the fact that, um, obviously by the name, if you got guys on clocks, and a second generation Wu, is um a, a few sons of Wu. Um, so it's a uh, you God's son. Uh, but 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 I think it says on the, I think it says on the out on the album cover, right? Yeah, so. Uh, Intel is the son of 
You God, uh, Power, who's the sound of Method, son of Method Man, uh, Sun God, who's the son of uh, what's that? What's that say? Is that, is that, is that Jizza? I, I, I forget. I forget, man. It's so annoying. And also Young Davis, who is um, well, that's obvious. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to like tell you guys just because they're the sons of Wu, you know, in the <laughs> literally in the in the name second generation Wu. The, I don't want to compare them to Wu because that's obviously not fair. Um, but what I will say is that um, the best tracks um, are the ones where um, there are some like Wu-ish influence. Uh, the best track is 7OD, which uh, I think YDB comes through the <laughs> a nice flip on cream of cream uh, where he goes like, um, <clears throat> I think he says like God created everything around me. Uh, forget about the money, none of it's real, y'all. And I was just like, oh, that's a good flip. That's a good flip. It was, really, it was, it was a real fun flip. Um, but the album's kind of, it, it, there's some flaws to it. Um, there's uh, there's one track, I think it's Mental Stimulus, um, which has this just, I don't know what the hell happened on that, on the mix or the production side of it. I don't know. It just sounds... It, the beat sounds like it came. They recorded it like from the the headpiece of a phone. If that makes any sense, like you know, you're on a phone call, you got the headpiece, uh, the head earpiece, like on the top of the phone. It's like that. Like the beat is coming out of that, and they just recorded through that. It sounds so weird. I'm just like, why is it so? Why is it so drowned and in the back? It sounds. It sounds really weird. But um, yeah, and. Uh, you know they have a couple of tracks that you know give that give off that woo vibe. You know that just the signature woo vibe. Um, but but yeah, but as long as the further you get into it, like there's some there's a lot of roller coaster roller coaster uh, kind of yeah just a feel to it. Like some of the tracks go well, and then then you have that one track that just trips you up, and you're just like, okay, that was a bit hook heavy. There wasn't really much in that. And then like there's a couple of good ones like Inspect the Decks on a feature on here as well. With Golden Meat Hooks, you know what I mean. Uh, 7OD was great like I said and yeah, then like, the last two tracks were just like because I was listening to this while walking the dog so I couldn't really see the tracks or anything and then it just ended and I was like that was a weird track to end it uh, uh, off the contact it was just really I don't know it didn't feel final um, so yeah so it's a bit it's a bit all over the place um, worth a listen but yeah it's a bit all over the place to, uh, for me personally but, um, but yeah it's just cool that um, I, I just think it's cool that um, you know sons of rap legends are you know continuing the craft and uh hopefully they get better on that front because that'll be just so cool to just you know have that have that lineage that's that's really it's really nice to see uh so keep going on that guys um but yeah we shall hop into volume seven of of bites is this seven or six i, I, I lose track um but yeah uh, DITD Bytes, uh, for those that don't know, who haven't listened to previous Bytes episodes, is free topics that we just get into uh, that don't really have, well, that, <laughs> that you know, we're just going to chat about for, you know, 15, 20 minutes each. Uh, this is volume seven. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, stuff that was on our minds, uh, but obviously we don't really, we can't stretch for a whole hour or, you know, just to create a storyline out of it or anything like that. It's just talking points. Um, so yeah. You know, just just regular chit chat, you know, in a way. But um, yeah, volume seven. Let's get into it. Uh, ben, what have you got for us first? Uh, I reckon we will start with doing your due diligence in hip hop because it's something that I think 
the more that we are exposed to everyone's opinions and exposed to even someone like Young Thug's opinions, uh, the more it becomes apparent <laughs> to me that there are a lot of people out there who haven't really gone back over hip-hop and gone back and listened to the pivotal moments. Now, the reason that I really wanted to do or talk about this, there was two reasons. Firstly, when I was younger, you know, in discovering hip-hop and I guess, I, I don't know why, if, if people are already doing this, but I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back and listen to the Low End Theory or listen to Radio by LL Cool J or listen to Paid in Full. Like, I wanted to listen to the genesis, the start of hip-hop and where it came from and how it evolved and how it developed. And so I remember having all these, like, burnt CDs because back then we maybe didn't get a lot of our music you know, from the stores. So there'll be other people around who will burn you a CD and you'd be like, all right, let's listen to this. So I remember listening to those albums and some I liked, some I didn't like. You know, first time I listened to Low End Theory, I don't really think I enjoyed it that much. First time I listened to Radio by LL Cool J, I adored it. Then I was listening to JBP this week, Joe Budden Podcast, and uh, they were talking about the top 50 rappers of all time. I think Funk Master Flex put out a list and... Maul was trying to claim that Drake was more impactful than Rakim. Now, the only reason he did that is because he's trying... Like, I don't think there's many people who genuinely feel that way who know... And I, I'm sure he knows Rakim. He grew up in that you know era. So, But the problem is there are going to be people out there who feel that way. And I'm seeing it... Like, it's getting narrower and narrower. So we did this on the Travis... When we talked about Travis Scott and Kid Cudi. You know what I mean when it's getting narrower? It's like... 2009 mm. is not that long ago to have done your due diligence, but in 2020, you're saying that, you know, I'm listening to Through the Late Night the other day, and I'm like, this is Cuddy. He has an album called Man on the Moon, and it's got three parts to it. That's his whole yeah. vibe. That's he started that, like, Through the Late Night, ooh, and it goes, ooh, like the mmm. So, you know, that's 2009 that began. And in 2020, just 11 years later, we're claiming or people are claiming that Kid Cudi is biting Travis Scott. So I think it's very, very important to go back in time and to recognize where these sounds were, you know, where they began, where they started. Like you listen to 808s and you're like, wow, no one's ever done this before. But The Love Below exists. CeeLo Green exists. Queen Latifah exists. Miseducation exists. Unplugged by Lauren Hill exists. You know, these are... the. I think I think it's important, firstly, to have any kind of discussion around hip-hop to at least understand, even if you haven't listened, that there are so much, there's so much music that came prior and it's very unlikely that someone's going to create something very new and unique in the moment right now. I mean, Bismarck, he was singing on songs in like the mid-80s. Like it's, rappers sing, you know, Bismarck, he was singing hooks. Like it, it happens. Drake may be the best one to do it. He may be the one who's got the most uh the most RIA certifications mm. the most number ones whatever but okay. people have been doing it for like 30 years prior you know so like i think it's very important because i think what we end up doing is getting these like discussions in these ecosystems that just keep moving and moving and moving forward but they're small you know they're like two or three years of conversation and it's like all of a sudden you're comparing 2020 to 2018 2021 to 2019 it, like bro there's like so much music prior to that and I, I just see a lot of conversations break down and a lot of disconnect between younger fans and and older fans because of just this inability to go back in time and listen and i really do think 
that it's important to do that more so than any other genre. I think, you know, it's it's a culture hip hop and I think it's very valuable to do that. So how do you do that? I think it's very easy. Just Google. There's there's millions of classic albums out there. Just Google classic hip hop albums. Go back in time, man. I think Quest Love has a um he has a playlist on Spotify. It's like his top 50 hip hop songs. And I think like 45 of them come prior to 1995. So go listen to that. Find out these cool songs. Listen to KRS-One. Listen to Boogie Down. Listen to EPMD. Go listen, man. And it's exciting too. Like it's important to do because it's really fucking cool. Because you might think Travis is so revolutionary and so game-changing right now. Or, you know, Young Thug, man. No one's ever done anything like Young Thug before. And then you go back and you listen to Aquemini or AT Aliens. You're like, whoa, shit. This is like 95? What? Like, you know, so I just think it's very essential to do. And I don't see it being done a lot. And I see it being done less and less these days. Yeah, I find it um, I, I, I find it so funny. Um, and I, 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 don't know the, I don't know the phrase I'm thinking of. But just the fact that, you know, every day, every minute, uh, you know, this, this source we have called the internet is growing like literally by the millisecond every it's constantly expanding right it's constantly gaining more right but <laughs> the further we go in the further we go in for months to years or whatever however you want whatever time frame you want to give it uh the less people actually um the less people are actually like digging into it you know what i mean the le- the less people are exploring like Hip hop itself is is growing right every day, and like just the 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 um the I guess the the span from the span of attention uh is going is ca- the back the back end is catching up with the front end, <laughs> the back end is catching up with the with the present literally the past is catching up with the present yeah in terms of the attention spans just like it doesn't make sense to me how people can claim to um enjoy such a thing and not want to explore it more yeah it doesn't make sense to me that's a good point it's like when it's it's like when um it's like it's like when someone like uh, like a sports fan right and you and you you, you really love this uh the stick with cricket like you love you love this batsman right you, you love the way he plays you love the way he just smacks that shit out for six every time right he's your fucking idol right and you don't feel like, and, and what you don't feel the need to look up who uh, I don't know Don Bradman is, like it yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like you love Kyrie, you love Kyrie Irving's handles. Oh, you love that shit. You love it when he tween tween cross tween. Shout out to the fillet. Like you, you love it when he does that shit. But you don't want to see Alan Iverson. Like you. It, <laughs> like why wouldn't you want to see more of it why would you want to see more of what of what people from back in the day was Does, what because it ain't hd like is that your reasoning <laughs> is is it because uh uh, uh th- there's, there's not a trap beat on it like what's your what's your issue i i i i, I understand this this uh, this is how people act right um but i just can't I can't understand why people, if they claim to love something so much, then why are you not, like, vigorously uh, consuming more of it? 
And the only way you can do that is if you go back. Like, you can't go you can't go into the future and consume, because the future hasn't happened yet. So, you, where do you go? You go back. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really... While I understand this, right, and I feel like it's more about... Um, I feel I feel like people like to like to think that they're trying to uh in in their uh fandom or whatever trying to distill it you know what I mean make it make it more uh, make it more uh niche make it more specific oh yeah yeah I'm I'm a I'm a Travis Scott historian uh, or, or, or you know I'm I'm a this I'm a, I'm I'm a this uh, historian right and I can tell you anything about this artist right and you know we we but there's there's a lot of people in the world that can do both, <laughs> that know the history and you know in some ways in a lot of ways lets the history dictate um, their feelings towards something else. So like when you listen to Drake, oh you're gonna love it when you listen to Fonte one day. Yeah. One day when you listen to Fonte, oh my gosh you'll be like oh shit, oh shit like you, your your mind will be fucking blown. <laughs> when you like it it doesn't make sense to me like why. Would you be? Why would you close yourself off to just this one thing or this one period of time, or whenever you started getting into it? Like it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. No, I'm not saying you should know everything about you know the '80s before you were even born or whatever, right? Um, you know, I know a lot about the 2010s because that's when I was you know, growing up, it's just how it is, right, <laughs> and Ben knows a lot about the 2000s, and the mid-90s, because that's when he was growing up, like, it makes sense, right, but there's still more, so I, I just don't, the, the question I always ask in, the, in this conversation is just, like, why, if you claim to be a fan of this thing, uh, of this entity, why would you not want to know more about it, or why would you not want to consume more about it and be ignorant to it? Like just saying, just saying, you know, the kid cuddy shit that we <clears throat> got into a few episodes ago, or you know, the fact that uh, Drake, come on, and, and I thought we were gonna get into that conversation, that specific conversation, but um, I feel like it's kind of <laughs> it's I think kind it's, of a non-starter. It's just not it's a, a it's not a thing. I mean, like. It's I a non-star. But, but it's the thing non-star. is, it is a thing, and that's what saddens me. It's like, uh, but you I don't know, know why, right? Say you, sorry. You know why, right? You, you why? know why. You know you know why people have tried to make this argument before, and you know it's the same with a lot of things these days. It's because we we've seen a lot of it. Like when some when 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 I when when I have a um when people in basketball circles talk about like you know who's the who's the goat. Right, people say Michael Jordan because it's Michael Jordan, right? People say it's LeBron James because they've seen LeBron James from 2003 onwards, and you know you can literally. There's probably an archive where you can see every game of his if you really wanted to. I I, I, I have a feeling there's probably an archive that deep, right? And you know you can see four Michael Jordan games, etc., etc. Go watch the Last Dance, whatever, right? And then you go into someone like Bill Russell, Kareem, Will. Uh, you know, in in the sixties, right? And there's there's not much footage of them. You just have to go off uh personal testimony, statistics that have been uh collated. Um, you know, they didn't even register. I don't think they registered blocks for for Will <laughs> for like half of his career, and he still has dumb numbers or something like that. So you know, it's 
if if you, if you, if that's if that's the thing that that, that like you know takes you out of it, then I understand. But I just, but it's the fact that we know all of Drake's work, and people don't know about the 18th letter, for example. Do be, I wonder if I wonder if people who know about Ra Kim uh, know that he actually has like several solo works um, that we will do a uh, retrospective Ra- one day. Rakim actually, well, we're gonna do a Rakim retrospective. Um, oh yeah, so, facts. Yeah. I mean, we have to because, uh, like, listening to his solo work, it's like, whoa! Like he was ahead of the freaking, like, I don't know, man. Like, I know it's ninety 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 seven that that stuff came out ninety ninety nine. But I don't know, man. Ninety seven was like what? When did Black Star come out? It was two years before Black Star, so it's not like I don't know. It's 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 pretty intense lyricism. Like it's pretty intense stuff. Like it's it's just intricate. It's very intricate. Yeah, and and you know the subject of influence, and I'll finish up on this. Uh, my 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 points on this. Um, you know the the term influence is obviously um you know subjective. Uh, but it's kind of obvious where the, the obviousness of Drake's influence is so prevalent that that's kind of the that's kind of the the, the source the 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 center the core of people's argument is the fact that you know we see if you want to see Drake every day you can see Drake every day if you want to see Ra Kim then shit like <laughs> you're gonna have to hope he pokes his head out at some point in the next uh, uh, once a freaking month or whatever you know what I mean you ain't gonna see him on Twitter constantly you ain't gonna see him on IG like you know just uh uh write writing for for the stories like yo guys just writing my new album and stuff like that you know, it, it, it's not it's not how it works it's not how it works so influence is obviously um a size thing where like you know Drake has millions of followers so of course his influence is large yeah, da, 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 da. but we obviously know there's more to that to that term but because people just go by you know it's social media era and if you're in the social media era uh, the rest of everybody pre-2005 are fucked basically <laughs> you know what I mean it, it's, it's silly um, but it's, like, that's, how, that's how people are going to slice it I'm seeing Stars P tweeting today on my timeline and his tweets are getting like 20 likes and he's tweeting like a normal person, like a person who's just a guy on Twitter, like, you know, just some guy. But Stars P is not just some guy. He's one of the best lyricists. (laughs) He's a rapper. Like, he's one of the best battle MCs we've ever had. It's Stars P for fuck's sake. And he's just like talking to random fans on Twitter, like he's at the store. Uh, I don't know. It's, but the thing, like one last question is, do you think that some of the responsibility for giving props to the prior generations that influenced them goes to the artists themselves? Like, do you think that there's some responsibility on those artists to either pay homage or to educate in interviews or even in song about the people who influenced them? Or do they not have to worry about that is it not 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 important for them to do that that's a great question and i'm I'm trying to think i'm trying to condense my thoughts so i don't go too long about it but um you know there was a there was a dj spinderella obviously the you know dj for a uh, salt and pepper um for most of their career um 
laid out some tweets because obviously the uh, Salt and Pepper Lifetime movie came out uh, recently and she tweeted about it saying she wasn't, uh, you know, consulted on any front about it, even though they used her likeness, obviously. And, you know, she's writing a book because she's writing a memoir, you know, just, um, you know, just documenting all her, you know, story, uh, her life story in that and her career. And I feel like that's it is obviously in some ways dependent on the person. Like not everyone has uh, a fan base that will deify them and will, uh, you know, carry their legacy uh, throughout throughout the years. Not everyone has that privilege. Not everyone has is on that level, unfortunately. Right. So, in some ways, yes. Um, another example is uh, MC Shen, who has you know constantly on IG, uh, you know, gone off about people misconstruing history about the Juice Crew and, uh, you know, his placement in the Juice Crew and his placement in hip-hop in general. And he's, you know, very adamant about it and he's very passionate about it. And, you know, some people chalk it off and go like, ah, no, you're just being a hater, da 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 And, you know, it's his testimony and it's his thoughts. Um, whether it's uh, factual or not, um, is you know, that's, that's up for debate. But it's, you know, it is... For someone like MC Shan, nobody's going to talk for MC Shan, but MC Shan. So, and nobody's going to talk for DJ Spinderella apart from DJ Spinderella. So, you know, in some cases, you have but to. You, you do hear those, you have to do those names pop up sometimes. Like I think M mentioned Eminem mentioned MC Shan, and certainly Nas mentioned MC Shan. That's probably more of the direction I'm thinking. Like, you know, okay. Nas on Hip Hop is Dead, MC Shan was MC Ren, and. Uh, I forget what okay. Eminem's bar was, but that was more because yeah. I, I do I do agree yeah. with you. And the the scary thing is the Styles P's of the world are out there with, you know, but maybe even I don't know how many followers, maybe less followers than me. But I've seen that with legends with less followers than me. That means that yeah. s- social media wise, uh, theoretically, I have more influence than them. That is just stupid. So I feel like it's the contemporary <laughs> artists who maybe. That would I would be more interested. Like, for example, you know, Nicki Minaj. I don't know if she's... Well, people say that Nicki Minaj was inspired heavily by Lil' Kim. Okay? so but, but then people think that Lil' Kim is the genesis of that whole thing when it's really salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whose responsibility yeah. then is that? Because we can't really expect listeners to just do their Googles and be like... Because they've heard yeah. someone say, Little Kim inspired Nicki Minaj. And you're like, oh, well, Little Kim must be the first. Because why would <laughs> Little Kim... But why would Little Kim be part of that? Why would you even say Little Kim? If, you know, you would say Salt and Pepper inspired Nicki Minaj. But, like, Salt and Pepper inspired Little Kim. So, yeah, whose responsibility is that? If, if it's not the listener, which I don't necessarily think it always is. I wish the listeners were more, you know, engaged to do that. But I don't really feel like we can put that on the list i don't know maybe we should put it on the list now i'm the listener and i do it but maybe we should put it on the list now. i don't know what do you think about that uh i i think that's the depressing part of history to be honest um there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stories there's a lot of uh lives that have been uh you know swept under the rug for whatever reason um or just you know plain um not accounted for uh, you know, the, to you know, use another basketball to, uh, basketball anecdote. Like, there's um, there's a player called Pete Maravich who, uh, in the I think the seventies, uh, was just absolutely fucking boss. Like, it's, the the dude was silly. Like, he 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 was he was doing mad, just modern shit. 
Like he he was he was so ahead of the game, it was silly, and he died, uh, you know, during his career, uh, or he died, you know, just super early, and you know, people don't pe- modern modern the modern basketball player uh, basketball watcher doesn't you know think about Pete Maravich in any way, um, because you know just for just for reasons, just because people can't just because, and that's another thing about that's so annoying about like like the internet or whatever. You know, we can do so much with it and, you know, archive as much as possible. But there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something missed. Um, and, you know, it, it, people just have to be dedicated. There just have to be the minute uh, amount of people that are just going to be dedicated enough to actually, like, document this shit. And, uh, you know, we, we, do, we do the best we can, you know, with this particular show. Um, and, you know, I try and do that from week to week on my show. And, you know, the guys at Search Source do what they can in terms of music journalism and where it's at at the moment with their show. Um, but, you know, that's just three shows, you know, and and uh, people just don't uh, people just don't seek to, uh, you know, try and conserve anything. Uh, they don't try and conserve a moment um, in any way. Um, and you know, there's, there's, there should be more people trying to do that. Um, but the unfortunate th- fact of the matter is, is that sometimes people just, you know, if they don't have the, if they don't have the megaphone, then they, they, they're not going to have the ability to, um, some people are just going to fall and, 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 you know, on the other side, it's just, just going to fall on deaf ears sometimes. Uh, it, re- it, re- it really, you know, happens obviously way too often, but, uh, it is what it is, man. Like you can't, you can't, you can't document every single thing. And, you know, we're not even talking about specific shit. We're just talking about, like, you know, Lil' Kim and Salt and Pepper. Like, just that one link, just that one link is, like, so thin when it's so obvious when you actually look into it. But, you know, it's just how it is sometimes. So, yeah, I just want to clean that up just quickly with Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim. I do recognize that they have a very intense beef, and I do recognize there's been a lot of shots thrown both ways. But uh, Nicki Minaj did once say that Lil' Kim was an inspiration to her, and that was what I was referring to. So I don't want any I don't want any Nicki Minaj smoke. I love Nicki Minaj. I think she's amazing. So I think we can move on to the next topic, which is uh, the article that you linked, Charlie. Yeah, so um, I've talked about this for, this can be the third time I've talked about it, so I, I don't want to talk about it uh, on my side too much, because I already like, had my thoughts on it, but um, yeah, there was, a, there was a piece I found a couple of weeks ago uh, by a dude called, uh, if I can grab his name right quick, uh, Sean Monaghan, I think it was, let me just uh, check, on, check up on that for a second while I talk. Uh, but yeah, he um, he wrote a piece, and he's like he's like a trend forecaster. Uh, I didn't realize those people exist, but that's kind of a cool cool job to have. Um, but yeah, he he wrote something about uh, youth culture uh, specifically, and uh, talked about how music for the past you know 50, 50, 60, you know you can make an argument for a hundred years. Um, has influenced, been the main influence on youth culture. And uh, for the first time, you know, since then, uh, yeah, Sean Monahan, and um, for the first time since ever, uh, it's been replaced by video games. And I just wanted to talk, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it, because um, I'll drop, I'll pop the article, and I'll pop the uh, What's Good episode, and the, uh, and the article I wrote based on it as well. Um, so, so you guys can, uh, just get the full picture on that front but um yeah i just wanted your thoughts on it because i found it so 
interesting and you know linking it to hip-hop obviously hip-hop is the you know one of the most well you know the most popular uh uh numbers wise uh of a genre of music in the western world especially um and you know it's global obviously and i just found it so weird that this is probably true already um, because there's a lot of, you know, statistics you can give, like, uh, you know, the video game industry makes more money than the four major US sports combined. Uh, and, you know, just that one, just that one stat, or eSports and how popular that is. Um, there's a great video, oh, I forget who did it, I was just, just trying to think of it now, but there's a great video about eSports. I think it's on a Vox's Explained on Netflix, so um, go peep that. So 15, 20 minutes is great. And, uh, you know, they were talking about how, you know, esports have just grown to, like, a legit fucking conglomerate. And the best thing about esports is that they can, they have all the vertical integration. Uh, by that, by that I mean, if you're watching a football game, then you're watching the football game, but they're not, they don't have rights to uh, the showing of the video, uh, of the football game. That goes to, obviously, the TV rights holders, right? Um, esports have the game have the uh have the broadcasting rights and everything else to do with that they have literally all all uh, all tiers of integration and the uh, uh and uses of it um in terms of how people you know use it and watch it and consume it they have it all they're basically ESPN basketball <laughs> put together they can literally do that and i just found it interesting how uh how this argument was just put forward on the article and I was just, uh, it, it kind of blew my mind because, you know, seeing how I grew up, like, you know, for me, it was like, it, w it was video games, right? For, I was one of those people. It was video games, right, for me. But when I think back, I don't remember many of the video games I played on the regular. Um, I remember the games themselves, but I don't remember actual moments of me playing it, if that makes any sense. But what I do remember is my sister burning off a disc, uh, burning off fifth, uh, 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 Give Her to Die Trying for me. I remember her handing me that disc. I remember listening to Dizzy Rascal's Boy in the Corner like um, during break time at the primary school. I remember those so vividly, but I don't remember that one game of FIFA I played in 2005. I mean, I don't remember that. Um, but I feel like now, obviously, with how where games are at right now and how uh, uh, good, put simple, put, uh, put simply, are, they are at you know uh, keeping somebody's attention. Uh, you know, people just streaming, playing games for like six hours, eight hours, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> it's it's it really uh, it, it just blew my mind uh, in ter in terms of just how youth culture and you know people younger than us are gonna see video games. Uh, as the thing that they remember more than uh, I think the one I I think the comparison I wrote was like uh, uh, they'll remember uh, Evo 2017 but they won't remember uh, Kendrick's damn dropping <laughs> you know what I mean like they they remember the final of Smash Brothers uh, Evo 2017 but they remember they won't remember the first time they listened to DNA like that's how it's gonna be now I feel. Um, so I just wanted your thoughts on that as I uh, prime that prime prime all that for you. Yeah, I mean it's the social aspect, right? Like when we were younger, I played a lot of video games too. But I, you know, I remember like sitting there and playing FIFA or a cricket game or whatever. But with 
music it's like it's so much more social and the funny thing is like when i was younger the music i was listening to was not that social because those artists weren't touring australia so i couldn't go and see them and my friends didn't listen to them so you know yes i remember the first time i listened to the black album for example because it was a very impactful album uh but it's different now because like this is like a full community for people, you know? It's like, that's what they do. Like, my friend plays World of Warcraft, and it's not really the game that she plays for. Like, she wouldn't play it solo. She just plays because she's part of a group, and, you know, these are the people that she gets to talk to every day. Yeah, and share experiences with. And I think for a long time, this has been difficult in music because you would have to go to shows to do that, you know, unless you're at a party together. And music is so individual. Like, if you've got a game, it's like this... I guess not generic, but I mean, within games, they've tried to make it as individual as possible, like free world games, you know, Fallout, World of Warcraft, you can kind of go in these different directions and, you know, RPGs and build up the the direction that you want to go in. But it's still like a shared common experience, like you're all experiencing the same thing. Whereas I feel like with music, you you experience it in so many different ways and you feel so differently about it. Like I might listen to... Uh, an electric art electronic artist who's you know and i get emotional reaction to it whereas people are just listening to it while they do cardio we're not going to sit down and like we might talk about it for five minutes and be like wow you know this really impacted me emotionally and they'd be like wow it didn't impact me emotionally at all i just listened to it when i do cardio that's kind of the end of the conversation whereas if you're having these shared experiences with each other over hours and hours and hours of gameplay you're naturally going to keep gravitating back towards that and looking for it in other places. So if you have a great experience with World of Warcraft, you're going to look for another game, for another community, for a different kind of people to talk to. And I feel like with music, it's really hit or miss. Like an example would be with regards to the social scene around music. Um, I was dating a girl back in probably the late 2000s and she was a scene girl. In in Sydney, that kind of means... <laughs> it, it means going to crappy bars... And paying $8 for a crappy beer to watch a crappy band with five other people. And the less people and the crappier, the cooler it was. So I went to a couple of shows. I met some people that I used to go to school with. It was fucking awful, man. It was it was shitty. Like, they're just sitting around and, like, they're, like, 19 with beer guts. And I'm like, bro, what is what are we doing here? Like, what the fuck is this? So... That was really hard for me to be part of that social scene. Like, how can I do that? When I finally got to see Jay-Z, right? Finally got to see Jay-Z. He was opening up for you 2 in a stadium. Like, how am I going to have a conversation with anyone about that? Like, it's it's very hit or miss with the social thing. And I guess that ties into what we're going to talk about last because there is a social aspect now with social media. But it's still not the same. You're not. We're not all sitting down at midnight and pressing play together on damn. You know, a lot of us would have been, and those people would have been communicating with each other and talking, but it's a small amount compared to you have to play a game with someone else. Like if you're playing multiplayer, you know, where we're raiding a, a village together or we're doing this together. And I think that's why it's really mm. starting to replace social media as a much more enjoyable way of connecting with each other because on social media mm. it's so random you know it's like we'll talk about this and we'll talk about that and 10 people talking about this and five people talking about that and it can be it can be firstly overwhelming but it can get boring because it's like i don't know it's there's too much going on if you give people just like a one kind of stimulus to enjoy together and experience together which is the game i feel like it breeds like a much more cohesive community and, you know, 
humans are like community. We, we like being in packs. We like being together. We like the social aspect of things. And I think that's why it's really progressing now. I mean, for an example, just to finish on, I'm playing FIFA 21 right now. And I started playing with Barrow in Football League 2. Because I'm like, I want to get Barrow to <laughs> the Premier League. I want to see if I can do it on Legendary. I want to do it on the, not the hardest, Ultimate is impossible, but I want to do it on Legendary. So immediately I type in Barrow FIFA 21 in YouTube. There's a guy who's done a 30-part series, how he's gotten Barrow to the championship. (laughs) So I'm sitting there watching like 10 hours of this guy's content, right? And I'm feeling a sense of community because I'm reading down the comments and I'm seeing people Mm -hmm. talking about it and talking about this player and that player. And like compare that to back in the day when I was playing FIFA. I might have done the same thing. I think I got Scunthorpe into the Premier League once when I was younger. I didn't feel any affinity with anyone. I felt like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then I just kind of left. There's no extra content for me to consume then. I think it just, it focuses people and gives them something to connect over it. More so than music, surprisingly. Because again, I think music is a little bit harder to connect over. I don't know why that is necessarily. We have reviews, we have... You know, we have podcasts like ours. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I just feel like music's a more individual thing. We we interact with music a little bit differently than we would over a game. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, you put you you've you've given a very interesting angle to it, um, which is uh what I wanted to be honest. But uh yes, um I feel like the multiplayer aspect is very prevalent because uh, you know, the first, I guess the first game to do that properly was World of Warcraft, which is funny you mentioned, like, because, you know, in the two, early 2000s, that was just the game to play if you're, a multi, if you're uh, the multiplayer game to play. Um, but now, bros, everything's a multiplayer, everything has a multiplayer aspect to it. Even the games that probably shouldn't have a multiplayer aspect to it, but, you know, they have to because it just keeps the, it keeps the game alive longer than the game dropping like it's not just play the game and then move on to the next game uh in the same way that you listen to an album and you move to the next album uh it, you yeah you you have you have the multiplayer aspect and then you might play that for years to come like people bro there 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 like there's a small there's a community i used to i used to like um uh be like the past couple of years um, not so much not so much recently, but like the past couple of years, I was really into like um, the Super Smash Brothers community because like they were constantly doing tournaments and like there was a lot of like uh, personalities that also had like YouTube channels and they were posting content and funny shit and playing playing games online and uh, you know just playing each other uh, uh, as well like pro players and they're just like slapping each other like it's just it's boss it's boss to watch um, and. <laughs> And I've I've stopped I've stopped um uh, going into that community um for uh, well <laughs> uh, 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 legal legal reasons uh, for for some of the some of the people in the community uh, go look up if you want to uh, but yeah you know I've, I've I've dipped out of that but damn was that shit enticing like just just oh you just wanted to be in that community so bad you know what I mean and like, I feel it I, none, of you, none of you've laid it out like that I genuinely understand like literally the other day I was I watched a um I watched a, a walkthrough of Metal Gear Solid 2 a game I have played to death I've rinsed that game bro and I still I, I just like watching people play it for some reason if it, it, because I can't right now um so I just watch other people play it and it's just it's it, 
it, do, it gets the job done, honestly. It's really weird, but it gets the job done. Uh, the dude's playing Undertale right now, one of my guys. It's fun. <laughs> I ain't played Undertale before, and I've been wanting to know what the hype is about. And now some, someone I know is playing it, so I'm like, you know what, fuck it, let's go, let's go for it. So it's very interesting on that front. And you can't do this with anything else, I feel like. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of like the, the people that listen to albums and like their reactor albums. I'm not into that, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm not really... I, I don't know about that. And I feel like, you know, the music community um, is very social media oriented. And as we know, there's a lot of garbage that comes through social media. So most of the time we don't see any actual worthy conversation. Well, I don't see any worthy conversations to have on there. Um, the only conversations I can have about when it comes to music is like you and a couple of other mates, to be completely honest with you. Uh, so, you know, my circle's very small on that front. But, uh, you know... <sighs> It is, it is an interesting phenomenon um, and something that I didn't really recognize until uh, I, until the past couple of weeks. So I've just been constantly thinking about it and just like uh, understanding how prevalent video games are in my life. Even though I haven't played like video games consistently since like when did the Xbox One and PS4 come out? Like then? <laughs> like what, six, seven years ago? I haven't played video games consistently for six, seven years, and I'm still, like, I still keep a pulse on that kind of thing, um, and it's the same with other things, basketball as well, um, I haven't played basketball in, like, five years, but I still keep up with it, but, that's, but sports a bit different on that front, but, yeah, man, it's just freaky, it's just freaky to think about, like, how youths are gonna see video games, and how that will influence a lot of other things, um, not trying to get too deep into it and make it into the next conversation, but yeah, man, it's just, it's just freaky. It's just freaky to think about. And this is only the beginning of it. Like it's, this would probably be the case until, I don't know, fucking <laughs> VR is in every home. <laughs> and then that will probably be the thing where, you know, we're just watching TV via VR headsets or whatever. I don't know, but that's a long way away, but you know, it's, it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute uh, for, uh, for for someone to actually for something to actually threaten uh, video games as a as an entity, it's gonna it's just crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I don't know the I don't know what will. To be honest, I think um yeah I don't I don't really see what's gonna threaten video games. I mean, I mean we can if you if you're right we can go into the final topic because I think this probably <laughs> yeah. highlights the divide a little bit. Mm. I want to talk about hot takes. Because I don't really understand what the point of a hot take is. And I, you know, again, listening to the Joe Budden podcast and hearing more say that he thinks Drake is more impactful on hip hop than Rakim. I'm like, that's a really hot take. And I know you've probably just said that because, you know, Drake is super impactful. Don't get me wrong. Drake is incredible. No one's, no one's done commercially what Drake has done. But Rakim, he changed the way people rap forever, you know. So what what function is there? Why are we doing that? Are we trying to call attention to, if I say Lil Xan's album is better than Miseducation, are we trying to call attention to how great Miseducation is? Or are we trying, like, what what's the point of that conversation? And it's it's common across social media, you know. It's, it's pretty much the bread and butter of social media these days, you know, either comparisons or hot takes. And, you know, sometimes I guess they're a little bit funny, but most of the time, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I don't understand. Maybe, but but I, I just don't see 
So, you know, I, I don't see the quality of that conversation. And I think that's why it lags a little bit behind video games, for example, because there's no time for hot takes. You're talking about the stuff you're doing. You're talking about actually doing stuff, you know, stuff you're creating, stuff you're achieving. A hot take is like, I just don't get, I don't get the hot take. I don't think I've ever posted a hot take on hip hop numbers. I can't think I've ever posted a hot take. I mean, and when I say a hot take, it's okay for me to say something like, I think I, well, I enjoy the blueprint too more than I enjoy, I don't know, one of American Gangster. That's not a hot take. That's just how I feel. I know that American Gangster is a better album than Blueprint 2. I'm not going to stand up there and say objectively Blueprint 2 is better than American Gangster. I'm just going to say I enjoy. And that's not a hot take. But if you go out there and say Magna Carta Holy Grail is Jay-Z's best album. It's like, all right, what, why, why are you saying that? It's not like, so I, I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, Charlie, help me understand. You're young. You're youthful. I'm, I'm old. I've got, I've got fucking bad knees. I got gout. I got all sorts of shit. Maybe I don't, maybe, oh, I, I don't, maybe that precludes me from this discussion. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tough <laughs> time. You got gout for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm bad. Uh, let's, let's, let's walk the geezer out. Let's walk the geezer to his, uh, to his bed on this one. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> It's 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 a it's social currency, isn't it? Like I that's how I see hot takes. I, I see them as social currency, and uh, you know, I've done. I've referenced sports so often this episode, but I'm going to reference another one. Um, so there's a show called uh, First Take in America, and you know that's gone on. That's that's a show that's gone on for a while, um, and it was kind of, excuse me, I don't know if it was the first of its kind, but it was the first that really popularize the argumentative side of uh sp- excuse me sports um sports in you know US TV anyway obviously you can maybe make an argument that there was that sports radio always had that uh but you know anyway um so first take is really a w- interesting show like if you watch like one just one uh, uh, day of it. Uh, I think it goes on for like two hours now. If you watch just like a half an hour or just one segment of it, you completely understand where, why it's so popular and why it's so embraced, even though as watchability goes, sometimes it's just insufferable to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a, free, it's a freaky, it's a freaky thing. And they, you know, they, they, they dive into a lot of, you know, hot take, hot takes and uh you know just brash opinions you know what i mean just unfiltered you know that that word unfiltered opinion you know just stuff like that uh and that's that's social media in a fucking nutshell bro like it really is like i was having this conversation uh i was having this conversation in, like a group chat recently about uh, uh i don't think i don't was it about clubhouse specifically but it was about social media anyway and um and yeah it was about clubhouse and one and someone said uh someone said uh, that I don't think the makers of Clubhouse intended it to be like the troll cesspit that it is right now, and I was like, I don't think any creator of, so- of a social media platform intends to to for it to be a, a shithole. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg exactly uh, dreamed Facebook would be a fucking nearly country dis- government destroying fucking uh, 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 mis- misinformation cesspool. I don't, he just wanted to link up with some gel, like yeah, you know I mean, 
he 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 should have. To be honest, if I had his conscience, I would have gotten out of there like as, as soon like after 2010. But anyway, um, he's still there, and uh, and now he's ha- he's made his bed and he has to live with it, live in it. Like you know, Twitter had to get rid of Trump, and people going, oh, it's free speech, free speech. Even though you know, Twitter's a private platform. Like it's not it's that's not freedom of speech. It's it's Twitter. Social guys, and this is just something I want to say on a tangent, guys. Social media is not a fucking, uh, it's a privilege. It's not a necessity. Okay. Yeah. If you get if you get banned off Twitter, then shit. Oh well. Like like it's a private platform, technically. So it's not it's not every person is born with a Twitter account. Like you chose to be on it, and you chose to be a dickhead. So now chose they chose to, for it, you to be binned. It. They they chose for your chose account to be binned. And that's how you it chose is. It, to accept the terms and conditions, and you exactly. went against the terms and conditions, exactly. and you lost your account. Like, uh, exactly. Just quickly on this tangent, freedom of speech does not equal freedom of consequence. Like, what is this stupidity that's that it. you hear every that's day? It. Like, you guys are, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Like in Australia, <laughs> yeah. Like people are like, uh, we should like, for example, Margaret Court, this uh, tennis player from the seventies, yep. is getting yep. an Order of Australia. Right? She's yep. a horrible homophobe. She oh, says yeah. that transgender children are the work of the devil. And people out there are saying that we should be understanding of different viewpoints than our own with regards yeah. to her. Like, we should accept her viewpoints. Bro, no. No, yeah. we don't accept. So, just because she hit a ball for a bit. Like, no. <laughs> no. It's just <laughs> stupid. So that you can't just go around doing and saying whatever you want without consequence. Okay? We yeah. live in a, a yeah. humane and a... Uh, civilized society it's not anarchy for fuck's sake you can't just do yeah. whatever you want Donald yeah. Trump getting banned from Twitter is not fascism give me a break don't don't say that the twi- Twitter is the fascist left it's not fascism it's he didn't read the terms of service and he incited a riot <laughs> yeah. you're gone it's just like, like, he was pre- it's just like he was president bro like, as soon as he wasn't president anymore they kicked him the fuck off like, you know, he only got concessions because he was so you know, powerful politically. But anyway, uh, and another another example I'll give is uh, when uh, Ian Botham got a fucking knighthood recently, and it was basically for his services in uh, just like caping up for the exit. And I was just like, "Well, fucking Ian Botham, then, <laughs> like, fuck, yeah. fuck you." I like, see the vibes. I see the vibes. You know I mean, like, go fuck yourself. Anyway, tangent over. Um, yeah. So I feel uh, so going back to uh, you know. Hot take is a currency. That's that's basically the point I was getting to, and um, I feel like people really, uh, really enjoy that kind of attention, that you know, argumentative aspect of it. Where you know, it's not, it's not, you know, this is music, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill someone because they think. Uh, uh, they think uh, damn is mid, right? I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not arguing with them and ask ask them why the fuck they think that, um, and maybe come it's to the seven. conclusion that you're dippy. But apart from, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to fight them over it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to fight over uh, uh, over you know anything else o- over music. Like you know, it is what it is. But I think hot takes have that have that happy medium for some people where like you get the argument. Uh, you get to rile some people up. You get to have that, you know. F- you get the- people like some people like causing a frenzy in that sense. Like, mm. I feel, I feel like some people like doing that, and uh, 
yeah, yeah, and, and and the fact that and if and if someone delivers a hot take, bro, if someone delivers a hot take and they get like and it goes viral, right? You you are fucking sure you got you know that they're gonna try and get that again. You, they they're gonna try it unless unless they get unless they uh, unless they don't have the skin for it and uh, you know they they. They they are <laughs> uh, some 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 people threaten them or some shit you know what I mean and you know that's the that's the chance you take with hot takes that's that's just the chance you take sometimes like if you if you deliver some dumb shit some people are just gonna go bro shut the fuck up <laughs> and, and and if you keep talking then uh, you know some people are gonna you know give give you some threats and that's what it is that's social media in a nutshell but um anyway I just feel like it's a currency and people like getting rich off that kind of thing where it's just like. I wanna. I'm. I'm a shock jock. I'm gonna talk about this. You know, bro, bro, bro. Literally, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not saying. I'm not gonna say Charlemagne made a whole a whole career out of hot taking, um. But he, he. I think that's a. I think that's in a. It's in the same space. I think it's a different side of the coin. I guess in that, in that case, because like I feel like hot takes is one side of the coin, and um, you know, unfiltered opinion is the other side of the coin. Um, but it's all, it's, it's the same, it's kind of the same thing, but just packaged differently. And, uh, you know, hot takers, I just feel like it's just another way for people to just, uh, you know, I don't know, get, get, get some of that, get some of that juicy attention. And, uh, you know, some people, some people get, get what they get, get what they ask for. And, uh, so yeah, hopefully that asked you a question, but uh, I, I just, I've just never, Part I've just never partaken in it. Like I, I've had some. I have hot takes, um, but I don't really, uh, you know, I'm not dying on the hill for it. <laughs> Actually, you do have some hot takes. You said that paid in full was not very good. What was that other one? Oh, no, you no, don't no, like no, grinding. Wait, 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 Charlie wait, wait, doesn't like grinding. I it, okay, I said it has an age well, and yes, it has, and no, I said they have an age well. Like, bro, they haven't. How is grinding not aged well? That's a hot take. Grinding is it classic. It's timeless. It could come it out in classic, 1979 it or it could well. come out in 2021 and it would be it incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you just I, call I, grinding this... lazy? I mean, uh, well, <laughs> I, I, some, someone did. So, so, this is funny because like, I, I, uh, I saw like a tweet thread of um, Neptune's, uh, Neptune's songs um, and how like goated they were. And I was like, and I said. I, I said, Ra, how mad is it that grinding isn't even top five on this? Oh. And then someone said to me, my my hands bashing my uh, bashing the uh, uh, bashing the table at high school uh, says different. And I'm sorry if you can make the beat on the t- on the school table. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So so you don't like you don't like I ain't no joke, I guess. You're like, ugh, ain't no joke. I love I ain't well, no joke. Like paid in f- no, you don't like the paid po- in my, full. Oh, fuck's sake. My point, my point with him paid in full was that it is, it, it's of its time. It, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound, it, 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 it sounds SD. It, that's all it is. It sounds, it, I love it. I love paid in full, but it sounds SD. It, the, the beat sound, the beat sound dusty. Like, that's all it is. And that's just, that's just not, that's not on, that's not on anything. Like, you know, they got the equipment. They had the equipment. And that's, you know, they, they did what they could with it. It is what it is. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Like, it's a good album. People should listen to it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a landmark album in hip hop. But, you know, 
I'm not, not, I'm not going to say it's the cleanest produced album of all time. I'm just not going to say that. I bet you don't even like the breaks. Bruv, we love the breaks over here, bro. We, we, we love the breaks. We love the breaks. We're all for the breaks. We're bring, all for bring the it up, breaks. Bring it up, bring it up. We love the breaks. We love the breaks. But on that point, on those points that you made, uh, yeah, man, I don't have the skin. I don't understand, like... I think that what's happening is people are like it's obviously combative to put up keyboard a hot warriors. take. You want you want to you want to you want to jump into the mire. You want to you know you want to start a mosh pit really when you post on a hot take. You want to want to get things you know I don't know getting pretty intense in there. But then the problem is that spills over into serious tweets and serious social media stuff. And so then I don't know like you post something that's serious and then people are like oh let's be combative and abrasive because that's what we do on social media it's like no let's not let's have a civilized discussion it's like we can't do that anymore I don't know it may maybe it's because hot takes exist everywhere now sky news only exists to put forth hot takes that are wrong <laughs> like it, it, that's all it is like you know it's just unbelievable that Murdoch media is just like Rupert Murdoch just exists because he is fueled by hot takes. So opinion. This is great. This is a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that. And this is the equation, right? Uh, opinion uh, creates uh, uh, creates the argumentative side of people, and because people are arguing on that front, they are sharing that link and they get pee from that link. That's us. That's obviously basics on that front. When someone shares an article, or whatever, an opinion piece by somebody, and it's it's a shit article, but people post it, people get angry about it, and then people write it up. But you know, all publicity is good publicity on that front, and that literally all it is. Like people just, people just, it's the easiest, it's the easiest way to get publicity. I think like just posting hot takes or just posting like really out there opinions or just garbage opinions. And, you know, it's just the easiest way. It's the easiest way for a lot of people to... Bro, grifting, like, just as a as a, as a form of anything is so fucking prevalent. I'm beginning to realize more and more often. Um, and can I actually jump into the lighter note just off that front? Have you... Have you... Yeah. Have you yeah, because... <laughs> I just realized how fucking elite that segue is to the, to the lighter note. So... For the, for those for those that uh, for those that, if you if you guys are new to the show um, you know I'm not a fan of uh, one DJ Khaled um, I find his DJ existence DJ Khaled <laughs> I, I I find I find his uh, I, I find his existence um, uh, 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 irritating at times Wait you're not you're not rocking with DJ Khaled you're not rocking with you're not rocking with Major Key you're not rocking with the father of Assad. What is this? What is this blasphemy? Another hot take from Charlie. This is a great segue. He doesn't rock with DJ Carla, one of the greatest (laughs) producers and compilers of music that we've ever seen in the hip hop genre. Culture, hip hop culture. (laughs) Anyway, continue. (laughs) Continue with your hot take, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm not a fan. Um, of of of, ju- of just DJ Khaled in 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 a lot of ways, and um, the reason and the reason why is uh, something I've said in in some ways uh, a lot uh, is because of the fact that you lot have given him uh, too much power over certain things. Uh, 
and it just jars me. And now, I recently discovered um, that him and Fat Joe have started an OnlyFans. So, uh, for those that don't know OnlyFans, uh, you know, just basically a subscription service, like, uh, you know, similar to, like, Patreon, like, stuff like that, where you can pay a, f- a subscription fee, and, you know, they give you certain content, and OnlyFans is known for some, uh, <laughs> some, uh, <laughs> a- a- anatomical content, uh, actually, I'll leave it there, um, but, you know, <laughs> here comes DJ Khaled and Fat Joe, and here's, and I'm on the OnlyFans page, let me just, uh, let me just do the info, uh, a little bio they put, welcome to the light, all caps light, the page for fans to get exclusive, motivational and inspirational content, where we will be guiding fans to quote unquote, the light, while sharing uplifting insights and behind the scenes of our personal lives. So when I talk about grifting, ladies and gentlemen, and how fucking prevalent it is, you're telling me that these that these two guys that are rich beyond my uh, beyond my wildest dreams. I'm talking about you guys and your net worth, but beyond my wildest dreams in terms of their net worth, I feel like uh, you know if I was ha- if I had their net worth, I'd be pretty happy in life. I feel like most people would, right? So I feel like they're good in life, but no, 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 no. They have to do this grift where they deliver you motivational motivational or oh, just just hit you with the light bring you to the light like they're fucking even this is this has such evangelical super mega church vibes from like the US like this is big Joel Austin vibes I'm getting from this like it's actually fucking jarring guiding fans to the light what the fuck does that mean like it doesn't Wait, make so sense there's not they're not they're not naked? What the fuck? I would. I, <laughs> they're not getting naked? <laughs> no, they are not. They are fully clothed oh. as far as I know. Well, I ain't seen none of Damn. it, so I don't care. Uh, maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe they have a strip tease. Unsubscribe. No, sprinkled in. Who knows? Unsubscribe. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> guys, it's the same. It's, it's, it's very similar with hot takes. It's a grift. But the, but the harmless thing about hot takes is that I'm not paying to see it. I can just fucking move on with my life and scroll past it, right, and not respond. But these people are selling something, and what they are selling you is words and shit. Like if you, I feel like if you if you ever subscribe to this and give money to people um, that are, and I feel this, I feel like this is the same way with a lot of things like uh, self help. Oh my gosh, that's a grift. I feel like that's oh, a big, that, that's yes. A, that's no, self help is a massive grift. You're, you're grift. getting you're getting strung Ooh. up with the self help. They're really um they're really self-help stringing books. you along. Mm-hmm. Self help books grift. Um, I feel like some most relationship books grift. Um, loads loads of things, bro. Loads of things like all these things that try and you know they're they're there to motivate you. Or to help you change your life in any fashion. I feel like if you're paying for that, you they have to be in your in your face, right there physically. And to be honest, do you know what? <laughs> this, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing. I just thought of this, right? This is, and and I feel like you 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 understand you will uh, sympathize and empathize with this clearly, right? I feel like if you want to pay. For someone to help you change your life in any fashion, 
whether it be via motivation or just, you know, understanding shit about yourself. Go to a fucking therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Go to a fucking therapist. Do not right. pay oh, yeah. for Fat DJ Joe <laughs> and t- for DJ Khaled to give you motivational whatever they, they're doing on there. Go to a fucking therapist. Go to a psychiatrist. Go to a psychologist if you if the, if need be on those fronts, right? Just get actual genuine help if you need it. Don't buy a book. Don't go on OnlyFans. Don't talk to don't even think about DJ fucking Khaled. Just go see a professional about it one to one and get your shit together. And if you want motivational bars or whatever, just go listen to fucking Nipsey Hustle or something. <laughs> just go listen to some music or go fucking uh, literally Google quotes about motivation or go get an app about motivation as long as it's free but don't pay for it you fucking tod like come on it's it's doing my head in like this these grifts are actually unholy and uh, just literally today uh, Clubhouse are going to implement uh, a tipping scheme and like subscriptions, bro. What the fuck? Are you crazy? Are you on crack? You think I'm tipping people for talking on Clubhouse? Fuck out of it, man. I, I'm sick of this shit. I really am. I'm. I'm. I'm done with this shit. It's jarring to. Th- it's jarring to see. And I'm so glad I don't know anybody that partakes in any of this bullshit because I swear, if I saw, if I, if. I, Bro, bro, if 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 my if my mum ever bought one of those books, I'll be throwing that shit out the fucking window. I'll be like, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. All right, ran over, but fuck me, fuck Khalid, man, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's hard to know what to say to all that, but like I think um, what Charlie said is very true. You know, I had a psychologist once a long time ago, and I said to her. I forget what I'd said or something about, you know, where I was in my recovery and everything and, you know, how it must be frustrating to see me every week and not see me progress. And she said it is. She said the easiest people to help are the people who are well because I can change their life in the space of six months easily. She's like, it's yeah. much harder seeing people who are unwell. She's like, I would much rather just see well people and because it's so and, – and the thing that I don't understand is why – what this resistance towards, and I'm going off a different tangent here, but I think it's valuable because I think everyone should see it. Everyone should see a psychologist. Who are you to say that you've never seen a psychologist before and you're self-actualized? It's not happening, man. I'm sorry. Like if you're listening to Tony Robbins, if you're listening to Jordan Peterson, God forbid, you need to be seeing a psychologist, man. You don't need to be listening to these people. They're not going to help you along the path to self-actualization. They're just going to push you along with slogans and bullshit like these all this shit is already within you the answer to every one of your questions is already within you a self-help book is they don't give you the tool they've never given you the tools self-help people don't give you the tools they're they're so externally focused they're so goal focused and goal oriented like i want to earn this amount of money i want to get this girl i want to do this i want to do that they it's like maybe that's not what you even need to be doing with your life 
Like you've just attributed this goal and been like, okay, maybe society means I need to get an Audi Q3. So I need to work this amount of hours. I need to get this finance level. I need to get this. Then I'll get the Audi Q3. Then I'll get the girl. Then I'll get the house. Then i get the kids. And then I'll be self-actualized. Yay, voila. And how many people do you know that that doesn't work for? See a fucking psychologist. They will help you to understand what your true core values are, what your true goals are, what you truly want to achieve in life, and then you can actually start walking down the correct path, which is your path. It's no one else's path. No self-motivator, no self-help book, no DJ Khaled or Fat Joe is going to map out a path for you. You've got to map your own fucking path out. And the only way you can do that is by understanding yourself. And the only way you can do that is either by a lot of self-reflection a lot of meditation, or seeing someone who can help you do that. But they're asking you questions. They're asking you to answer those questions. They're asking you to self-reflect. You're going to do that work. DJ Khaled and Fat Joe, what are they going to say? What are they going to say on their OnlyFans? I don't understand. Like, what What? What? What are they going to say that they haven't already said on Wax anyway? Like, that's what I don't get. And it's this whole age-old debate with the Jay-Z uh, would you rather dinner with Jay-Z or $50,000? <laughs> Bro, what is yeah. Hove going to say to you? What is Hove going to say to you? Look, I love Jay-Z. Oh, I love I, but I'm taking the 50 Gs. Like, I'm not going to see Jay-Z and being like, what's he going to say? My friend met Jay-Z. And I said to her, what was it like? It must have been amazing. She's like, yeah, he was really cool. We chatted for a while and he smelled great. And I'm like, all right, what did you learn? She's like, nothing. We were just talking about music. I'm like, well, all right then. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't get that. Like, it's like these people are putting, like, I don't know, the answer. So, for example, I, I guess I see this This is what's coming to me. is like, you see Jay-Z, you see DJ Khaled, Fat Joe, whatever. Maybe they haven't achieved what Jay-Z has achieved, but they've achieved a lot. They're successful in their fields. So you're thinking, well, they must have the keys to success because they've succeeded, right? But, like, what in what world are we brought up to think that what someone else has achieved and someone else's levels of success is success to us? I don't understand that. You know, like I see my best friend who has a four-month-old baby, right? How many people in, in life have had children? It's countless. It's so many people have had children in their life. So, like, you're not going to say, oh, wow, that's a huge success story. They had a child. But for her, who struggled her whole life with mental health issues, who struggled with fertility issues, who struggled with so much, for her to have a four-month-old child that she feels comfortable with, that she feels that she's capable of bringing up and giving the tools to become that person's own person, all that, that is one of the greatest achievements I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen a lot. I've been around for 32 years, and I've met some pretty incredible people. I've met some very rich people. I've met some people who own giant companies who've tried to take hip-hop numbers off me. I've met these people. I'm not impressed by that. I'm impressed by the person who, you know, did something that millions and trillions of other people have done before, but it was really hard for that person. So how many is Tony Robbins going to say to you, oh, all you need to do is have a child? Like, they don't know you. They don't know you. They don't know what your goals are. They don't know who you are. They don't know what your values are. Why are you giving them money to tell you what to do? Just... Go see a therapist, man. Go see a therapist. Or, I don't know. Just don't give you money. Well, I mean, you can give your money to DJ Carlin and Fat Joe if you want. But I wouldn't recommend it personally. It wouldn't be the direction I would go in. So, you know, you can do with that what you want. And I'm low-key disappointed that they're not getting naked. 
because I just assumed that was a direction. And look, I'm not probably not going to sign up for that. But <laughs> it's very interesting. Though. <laughs> I, I would be interested to see how it went. I would be interested to see how many people they got signed up to that. But they didn't Speaking go in that not. direction. So. Oh, I don't know, man. It's Who really cares? They're allowed to be naked. Sure. Well, you body. Wait, you body shaming? I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, body shaming. Uh, that's that's not good. That's, uh, I'm not body. I'm not body shaming. I'm not. I'm not body shaming. I, I just don't want to go down. All right, thank you. That's 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 what I'm. That's, what, that's not why I made this lighting note for, and I would like to keep it that way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, fuck off. Welcome back, DJ Carlos, to Digging in the Digits. We've really missed you, man. We have missed you, Charlie. Just I haven't heard Charlie in that kind of form in, what, five months, six months? It's been a long time. It's been a long time since you really... We have a, we don't rant that much anymore, eh? We don't really rant that much anymore. D-kid. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Find the Fifth Element Podcast Network. It's been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have a child tale of the Fifth Element. Happy Ben Carter for Pop Numbers. Hope you all have a good week. Save your money. Or she always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show is piece of video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Freckers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Freckers will be the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.